Hey, it's Last Week in Gaming with Paul Beakley. This is Last Week in Gaming with Jay, the show where I talk about games that I've ran or played last week. I'm your host, Matt Jay. Let's get started. This week, I have Paul Beakley of the Indie Game Reading Club talking about what he played last week. Paul started the Indie Game Reading Club on Google Plus in 2015. It was a king's ransom of opinions, reviews, thoughts, and play experiences. Today, he covers a ton of small press games on his blog at IndieGameReadingClub.com. There you can find links to his Patreon and the club Slack. Big shout out to Doug Hurst and Christopher Corbett, my latest and newest Patreon sponsors. The Diceology Podcast and Last Week in Gaming are sponsored by Patreon at Patreon slash MadJZero. Consider backing my dream hustle. So this is Paul Beakley from Indie Game Reading Club, and this is his last week in games. Uh, yeah. Hi, Jay. So I started last week a game of uh, SIG City of Blades by Jason Pitt of uh, Genesis of Legends. And it is a Forged in the Dark love letter to Planescape from d and I don't know anything about Planescape. I know nothing about it. I read it. I, I came across a PDF of it. I know there's some very attractive woman on the cover art. I understand that the city sits among a bunch of planes, which is fine. It's actually totally, totally fine. Right. So I'm running it totally cold. I played at one of Jason's tables at Dreamation, I want to say 2015 or 16, where he ran the previous version of this, which is called SIG Manual of the Primes. I remember that. that. Right. And Manual of the Primes is based on his GM-less game called Spark. I don't remember if it's GM-less or not. It's It's highly collaborative. Dude uh-huh. does very, very collaborative stuff. So he does Spark. He did Manual of the Primes, his first love letter to Planescape. And now mm-hmm. Sig City of Blades is his Blades in the Dark hack. So uh, it's pretty cool. I like running these things blind. This is what I did with Tenra Bancho Zero too, right? I don't yeah, know yeah. anything about action anime at all. So I just rely <laughs> on the game to give me the right vibe, right? Right. And, right. and it does, right? So I'm running up blind. I don't know anything about, you know, anime in this case. In this case, it's Planescape, right? I'm just right. given, I'm just going with what he gave me. And so um, the system's real interesting because he's kind of chopped and remixed a bunch of the details of how straight blades in the dark works. Okay. Uh, and some of that goes down to the premise which isn't a real clean mapping right so in like blades you've got your little gang and you're one of 15 gangs but there's there's institutions and there's all these different kinds of operations in the city and you are taking jobs that basically the gm gave you right right and you're trying to get coin you're trying to gather turf all that stuff well so in city of blades you are playing the kind of militant outreach branch of, of one of your factions. So you're not a gang. You're a gang 
that is also the leadership of one of these weirdo factions that are all okay. apparently pulled from Planescape. So our guys are the Ashen Keys, and the Ashen Keys are sold as uh, dimension-traveling mercenary wizards. Sounds totally badass, right? <laughs> Sounds awesome. Mercenary wizards, cool. And then, <laughs> so they are like the kind of outreach, leg-breaking branch of right. this faction called the Sage Collegium. Also sounds really great. The Sage Collegium basically are these book nerds that, you know, travel the plains trying to gather forbidden lore and inscribe it for all time within the city of Sig. You just have to kind of trust that you're going to act like mercenary wizards because the system itself doesn't really get you there. It kind of does. The faction gives you like some, some, some simple loadouts that all seem kind of wizardy, like right. you have a hat and you have components and you have wands and that's right. kind of it. It's all just kind of set dressing stuff. Um, like the other Forge in the Dark games, there's kind of a catch-all kind of magic thing. In this game, it's called Channel. And pretty much, you just kind of pitch things that might use the action of channeling. And the GM's like, okay, oh, you, you see what I mean, right? Yeah, it's action, yeah, it's not do, skills. Yeah, and there's not, like, right. there's not like a spell list. It's just like, right, well, we're right. going to summon a dead, the spirit of a dead god, and we're going right. to use that as a weapon. I'm like... Okay, but everyone has, has to kind of buy that this right, is a right. thing that's going to happen, right? Right. But it's like long-term projects in Forge and in PBTA games. Right. Everything is long-term project, kind of everything, right? Not so far as there's, that there's clocks, but you can right. sort of agree to the fiction. It's Most of the conversation kind of dances around, does this fit the fiction? Is it within the scope of what we think wizard mercenaries can do? Right? right? Things like that, right? So okay. we played a little. We played like the first half of the campaign. Um, we're playing online. Uh, I kind of swore I wasn't going to play online when I didn't have to play online anymore. But it's <laughs> a great, a terrific group of players. And uh, I've been looking forward to playing with all of them, uh, either for the first time or, or, or more than once. And right. so we're using Miro to run the whole thing, which is great. I'm really enjoying using the Miro board. And we played a little kind of walk around SIG kind of walk and talk because I really want right. to get away from that thing in Forge in the Dark games where you have your mission and you have your after mission and everything's either yeah. mission or not. Right. And the not right. stuff is just kind of nonsense. The game treats the downtime stuff sort of like extra bullshit you have to do right. to get right. back to the mission. Right? right. So I'm trying to slow down that tempo a bit and have the city be more alive because right. the theme of the city is this cosmopolitan cross planar slurry of every kind of fantasy trope all in one place where you've got right. dragons that are bankers and you've got exterminators hunting down gelatinous cubes in the streets and you've got every kind of everything right and it's all in one place right, so right. like i like to come at these games with some sense of what the themes are right like yeah, how yeah, are they human yeah. well no one's human first off they're literally not a single human in the game one of the characters is a living tattoo that has taken over someone's body and another one is a pseudo demonic presence that presents herself as angelic to the rubes out in the prime right, world. Right. And wow. another one plays a being made out of water packed up inside of like a diving bell 
and you can't see their face and they don't talk. Right, right. But there's nothing so on so on and so on. Yeah, right. Uh. Oh, and one of them is the gnome. The gnome is the most human thing there is, right? <laughs> so, so it's so there, I can't figure out the human concerns, and that's okay. You know, I kind of get the cosmopolitan thing, but I do have one, and this terrified me. I have one Planescape ringer in the game. Okay. She knows Planescape. She fucking loves Planescape. Wow. And so I get scared in the first session. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. am I doing it right? And she's nodding up. And I'm just like, yes, 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 yes. And I followed up later on in chat. I'm like, Are, is this like what Planescape is? She's like, yes, yes, yes. So I guess the game nails the tone. And the tone is like the aesthetics. It's like a giant mood board called fantasy. And everything in the mood board shows up in the city all at once. And it's not really so concerned about human concern. It's more concerned okay. about the aesthetics of it. Like how cool is it to go, you know, jack this dragon banker of right. something valuable from his vault. And so right. Right. in our game, they decided to uh, seize the vault of this faction called the Dust Keepers. And the Dust Keepers are responsible for managing the mausoleums of Sig, right? Mm -hmm. They're attached to the plane of death. Everyone's attached to a plane. There's like <laughs> these ideological planes and elemental planes and right. some other plane, conceptual planes, right? And so so these guys are hooked up with the plane of death, spooky. They're all, you know, spooky crypt keepers and all this shit. And they've got a vault. And somewhere inside this vault, uh, well, the vault is the claim, right? So the characters right. have to figure out, well, how does this, how does claiming that help the faction, you know, the the city's library nerds? Uh, right. How are we going to make some money at it, and at it. Uh, what opposition are we going to face? And some of that's very interesting. Like he's Jason Pitts made a bunch of interesting innovations in setting up a job, right? Like right. the players decide how big a job it is. Because the bigger the job, the more consequential it is, and the better chance right. they have of claiming the entire claim at the end. Right. And uh, they can decide how much coin do they want to go after. Because the more coin they go after, the bigger the the clock is, which means the harder it is to get anything out of it. Right. Right. And right. Uh, and instead of an engagement role, because normally in in Forge of the Dark right. Games, the engagement role inserts you kind of in medias res somewhere in the middle of the action. In this case, when you roll it, it tells you how long a clock before the major opposition shows up. So in this story, our, nice. yeah, our weird, yeah. our weird German, our weird, our weird demon lady has overheard that the enforcers who are like the private cops of the city are guarding something on behalf of the dust keepers, the mausoleum people. And they right. decide it's the corpse of a dead God. I'm like, rock on. Sounds great. <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm just trusting I'm just trusting that my planescape stand is gonna give me good information. It's her right. idea. So I'm like, Corpse of Red God. Must hot. be good. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah, of course it is. And then I'm like, what does it do? And they don't know, which is great, because that'll be a long term project. They'll if right. they seize this thing, they can turn it into a long term project and I don't know, dispose of the corpse. They can consume it, they can learn something from it. I don't know. We don't know what it is yet. They just want it. They want what they want, right? right. We gotta get it. Right. And so in the course of it, like uh uh, brainstorming the, the the caper, they figure out that the dead god coexists both in Sig and in its home prime world, because you have to pick a, a, a what do they call it, an approach, 
right? Just like uh-huh. in Blades. Are we going right. to assault? Are we going to... Oh, yeah, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. So their, be stealthy, yeah. Be stealthy. So their approach is invade. And invade means go to a prime. So they're going to go to the prime of the world in which the god died, because the god still has a connection of some kind with its home world. Right. Use that connection to enter the vault on Sig and thereby <laughs> bypass the cops they've hired. And I'm like, that's hot. Okay. So, hot. <laughs> yeah, so, 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 so in the course of the questioning, one of the questions is what is unique about this prime? That's okay. simple. One little question. What's unique about it? They got a bunch of pre-made primes, whatever. And somebody raises their hand and they say, it's really small, <laughs> like in a <laughs> bottle. And I'm like, what the fuck? Okay, that's cool. So <clears throat> they were thinking about The Magician. I don't know if you, you've seen the show The Magician, but in The Magician, yes, yes. in the final season of it, there's an entire uh-huh. world that's inside of like a little like ship in a bottle. Right, and, right, right. So it's that. So we decide that there's some notable who has a little world as a tchotchke sitting on a shelf someplace. And that's the world that this <laughs> god has a connection to. So they have to break into this guy's place, steal the tchotchke, right. figure out how to enter the prime, right. which is very small, use the god's connection, get into the vault, steal the body. It's all good. That's a heist. It's bonkers, it. right? It's right. hilarious. It, it, it came together, right? <laughs> but it's like it's a lot of creative lifting from four right. very clever players taking some pretty good prompts. The things about what's the approach, invade, what's special about the prime, what is it you're trying to steal, right. some riffing from our early kind of free play bit. And right. so we're going to see if we can't make that happen on Friday. And that's, that's fantastic. Done. done so I far. like it. Was that your first game? Did you guys do a session zero? That was it. Nope. That was that was session zero point five, right? Gotcha. Uh, gotcha. Leading up to setting it up, we spent time on our Slack, the indie game reading mm-hmm. from Slack, to uh, set up characters and kind of sketch out kind of broad ideas, figure out which gang they were going to play, right? Means therefore which faction they were going to support. And there are five in the game, and they went with this one, which is pretty cool because Mercenary Wizard sounds pretty bad. That does. That sounds pretty yeah. badass, especially when they're working for a bunch of book nerds, right? That's right. Um, exactly right. right. They're yeah. the yeah, they're like the hired muscle. That's right. And and they're all like that. All the different factions are like that. There's uh another one called the Glimmer Knights, and they are like the ass beaters for the performers guild. <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah, like really violent drama kids, right? All yes. right. <laughs> All right. That's cool. That's cool. That's and so on and so forth. Yeah, there's a whole bunch. They're incomprehensible to me. Apparently, almost everything in the game is some kind of reference back to uh, to Sigil, to the uh, to Planescape. Planescape. Yeah. And so yeah. Uh, I did acquire a PDF of OG Planescape. Okay, nice. Trying to yeah. read it, and yeah. it doesn't make any sense either. It's true. Jason's SIG is Planescape, and they're equally incomprehensible. I'm not missing wow. anything. Everything, everything is in the book. I don't, I don't, I don't have to read the old, the old PDF. Right. But right. I also have no like, uh, I don't have any uh, uh, nostalgia for it. Right. And so right. I'm always a little afraid. It's like my lack of nostalgia, my kind of cold eye cruelty at this whole thing, gonna interfere with my Planescape stands obvious nostalgia for the place. Right. You know. And, and so I asked, I asked her like, what, 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 what do you or did you love about Planescape? And she spouted off about all these extraordinary and weird mood board things. And I'm like, that's no problem. You can totally do that. Right. right totally right. hit like the vibe, but still get it like the good stuff that I want to get at. And, and that shouldn't interfere. Cause I think that good stuff never really showed up in Planescape. 
maybe it did. I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know, but I, I, I never played it when it came out, and I was like 22 or something like that when it came out. Mm-hmm. I remember when it came out. Um, I don't know if I picked it up or not. It was, I got it conceptually, what was going on there. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think I was, I didn't know what to do with it, right? What do I do with this, right? With yeah. it, so. Right, right, right. <clears throat> it was fascinating. It was cool looking, but I didn't, how do I play it? What do I do with it? Yeah, yeah. And, and I've heard that before, too. I've heard that before as well. And uh, I'm even like looking at the Wikipedia page and uh-huh. it's all there. I mean, everything that's yeah. in, that's in, it's in city of blades is, was, was in Planescape. So I don't think uh, we're making any mistakes. I don't know. Nice. That's it. What are you playing? A thousand I, things. Yeah. A thousand things. My highlight of last week was tears of a machine. Uh, Whitney Delaglio ran, is running that. No shit. And this is Russell me. Collins game. Yes, Russell Collins game. Yes, yeah. uh, she. We did a session zero like two weeks before that. Uh, so I'm playing uh, a noble pilot who doesn't want to do the job. Right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh huh. He's good at it. Right? Yeah. Uh, he brings his A game, but when it's not, when he's not on the clock, he's like, "So how do I finish this job fast and get to go back home? Right? Yeah. What do yeah, I yeah, gotta yeah. do? Who do I gotta kill for yeah. my turn to be over and be out of here? Right? Huh. So Michael Addison is playing opposite me huh. and uh, I'm checking his equipment. I'm checking his Mecca, I'm making sure and he's getting annoyed. Cause I'm like, dude, we got work to do. Right. Yeah. I can't yeah, let yeah. you be bringing your B game and I'm trying to bring my A game, but when we're not working, I'm like, so you're from a rich family. Can you guys, can we work something out? Can you get me out of my term <laughs> of service here? Or can we? That's great. Uh-huh. So it's got a very lady blackbird feel for the mechanics. So yeah. I like that. Huh. And uh, um, we tried to get Whitney to run it. On. Are um, you still doing Twilight Imperium? I'm sorry, Twilight 2000. That's funny because I was talking about Twilight Imperium earlier today with Brendan. Uh, he water. wanted to bash it, and I'm yeah. like, dude, I love that game, right? Yeah. Especially if we can pack it with like seven or eight players. <laughs> you take the out of your mouth. <laughs> yes. Uh. <laughs> I was like, uh, the problem is, uh, I used to go to Gen Con. I think I yeah. told you this. I would go to Gen Con to play. Uh, but inevitably, you get that adult big baby who rage quits, right? Oh yes, uh, three, four hours yeah. in, and we never after four hours in, yeah, yes. yes. So, and that blew his mind. Uh, no, so I think we played four sessions of Twilight Two Thousand. We yeah. did the goat fight, which was fantastic. Uh, I think the pitch was three sessions because that came out of the indie game reading club meet and play. Yeah. Uh, so those two guys met uh, Charles. Uh, mm-hmm. And played with him for the first time. Mm-hmm. And the last game we talked it through, there's some in real life stuff happening. Uh, so I don't know that. I think we're wrapping up that game. I think we're done. Um, nice. mm-hmm. What I might do is jump back into the indie game reading club and start a second meet and play. You uh, should pick a guinea pig and say, "Who hasn't played with this guy? Let's play something." And so awesome. Uh, I'm glad you do that. That's a really. I'm I'm really glad that you go in there and do that. I was going to say, so where are you at on Lifted now? How many different groups have you uh, had uh, play through? Uh, three, 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 three. Yeah, for me, out of that, the most fascinating bits are the environmental themes and everyone's working for a corp. Like there's three groups and they're all superheroes that work for a corp, right? That's their, I mean, that's. The, the capacity they're acting under their powers with. Or, or and to be clear, that isn't baked into the setting. This is something no. that's wide open. They chose right, it. Right, right. 
They choose it. Yeah. In fact, so what happens is the only thing I say is that uh, there's a worldwide problem going on with human beings manifesting superpowers. Right. We don't know why that's happening. We don't know uh, how it's happening. And huh. uh, after that, they pick the setting. And uh, in Champions Now, there's two sentences. One is about powers. The second one is about location and the setting, the problems that we're going to play through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in that, I leave that wide open to them. And I, um, But that's about it. I think the highlight for me was Tears of a Machine playing that. Uh, mm-hmm. Like I said, it's got a, a very Lady Blackbird feel to it. Huh. Uh, Whitney does a bang-up job running it. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, maybe we'll get her to stream it. So we'll see. Beautiful. I'm going to see it. <laughs> cool. Thanks for doing this, man. I appreciate it. Of course. Of course. Send your comments, questions about this episode to me. I'm on Patreon at MadJZero, all letters. Or send it to Twitter at GoDiceology. And you know, subscribe, rate, and like. Let's make this our regular thing.